0: Before jumping into the episode today, I want to give a quick shout out to some of our patrons from our patron page. Thank you so much, patrons, especially you, Alicia Pitts, Ad Salazar, M. Deering, Ben CWC, Bristow 22 Sun, Colton Burst, Craig Uck, Seth Bauer, Andrew ZH, Liz Siegel, Keith Schaefer, a.k.a. Duke Silver, Denton Family 17, and Wes G. Anderson. Wes Anderson is one of our patrons. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate the support. Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast that explores the intersection of faith and culture. I'm Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Elizabeth Woodson and Adam Hawkins. Elizabeth Woodson, how old were you when you got your first cell phone? And uh, what was it? Do you remember what it looked like?
1: I remember what it looked like. I was in high school. It might have been college, because I remember using a payphone in high school, um, but it was a Nokia phone with like the interchangeable faces and I had a pink face. And then I remember when they told me, your phone won't work anymore because <laughs> you need to switch over <laughs> to digital or something.
0: But yeah. That's I awesome. I know. Did you bedazzle that phone? I bet you did. Did you have some jewels on there?
1: I, I didn't have jewels, but I think my faces, I had bright colors, which hasn't changed because I have a hot pink phone cover. So I guess <laughs> thanks to <for> the
0: thing. <laughs> some technology changes, but Elizabeth stays the same. That's awesome. <laughs> Adam Hawkins, how old were you when you got your first cell phone? Uh, I was 19. That
2: was probably around the time that cell phones were kind of getting come getting big anyways i remember my friends like had pagers before then or something like that you know that was like the big thing was a pager so yeah i was 19 and i had that nokia that same nokia you could like play snake on it and all that i
0: i miss that nokia phone man yeah i loved man the age of pagers and pay phones <laughs> and using uh ti3s to like pass notes in class yes yes dude <laughs> uh Before you could text, you'd pass your calculator around with a note to a friend. There was, like, ways to hide it from teachers. (laughs) I got my first cell phone, which was obviously a flip phone, when I was 23 years old. And I had never had one before. I got it when I moved to Texas and got my first job and got my first apartment. It was a big week of firsts. I didn't use the internet until I was in college. Well, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the blessing of technology. What has been great about technology in the midst of what has been such a difficult season. So I'm excited to talk about this with Elizabeth and Adam, who are technology experts and are also like most of the rest of the earth, enduring uh, a lot of hours in their homes. So without further ado, let's make it happen. Here we go. All right. Let's start the conversation today by talking specifically about technology. We often think about the bad that comes with it. In fact, on the show, we talk often about kind of the the window into sin and debauchery that technology can so easily be or the distraction to the gospel. But biblically speaking, can technology be a blessing? Like what is the, the Christian advantage of technology? I mean, I think all of us would agree there's some advantage to it. Elizabeth, what's the Christian advantage to having technology in our lives? I mean, I think
1: it allows us to fulfill the cultural mandate. And so I think in all points of creativity, like the Lord has given us the task of um, building this earth and cultivating it for his glory. And technologists just allows us to do that. And so we get to work in our creativity even if it's something small like the printing press, right? It's not modern technology, but the printing press allowed the Bible to be printed and to be shared all over the world. And so I think we get to further the things of God through the creative ways in which he's given us. And I think even as we think about it, we're probably going to talk about this later, it just allows the people of God to fulfill the mission of connecting and sharing the gospel and, and being in community and speaking truth and, um, redeeming the loss all the things that we're called to do we get to do better more efficiently and just creatively and just enjoy the beauty of this world so yeah it allows us to be who god has called us to be in some really fun ways
0: that's good adam you have any thoughts on that about the technology as a blessing yeah i I think uh, i totally agree with elizabeth
2: i mean I think so often when we think technology now, most often that term, especially negatively in our Christian circles is used as we think about screens and screen time and some of those kind of things. Um, and, 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 you know, the way it's changed so fast and everything like that, but really technology is any sort of innovation that man makes, you know what I mean? And so to, for Elizabeth to talk about the printing press, what a good example, you know? Um, so, yeah, there's so many good uses and they're, they're, if you just think about, um, being able to get the, I'll use one example, being able to get the Bible into people's hands. Like, I mean, you have at your fingertips, the word of God so quickly now, and that's incredible. You know, it's not long ago that maybe families had one Bible, the family Bible, right. That was even passed down. And there's something cool and special about that. But, but now, yeah, literally on your phone, you have, Thirty different English translations. If you want, you know, more of, of the
0: Bible, and so uh, that's that's such a blessing, right? That's such a blessing. So, yeah, yeah I'm glad you guys brought that up because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about too. Is just the definition of technology. Like technology today, we may talk about electronics and what is the new, you know, technology and how does it impact things. But a paper and pen is technology, and you yep. think about the impact that's had on church and the printing press. The fact that Gutenberg and Martin Luther were contemporaries to an extent who were able to kind of combine translation of the Bible into a language, the local language, and then the printing press that could disseminate those things, that made a huge difference. And now you think about how uh, we have access to different uh, preachers and and different content online and uh, certainly through electronics. But uh, the fact that uh, in front of me on the table right here, I have two copies of the Bible two copies of the Bible. That is a technological advance that several hundred years ago was not, we we couldn't have done that. And it's in the language that I understand my own speaking language, even several translations here in front of me. And that's incredible technology that I'm so glad for in the midst of COVID-19. I have a copy, I have several copies of the Word of God. Each one of my kids has their own individual copy of the Word of God. And then, yes, electronics and screens uh, also give us access to, and access is maybe the right word, access to incredible amounts of information. Uh, Adam, in light of the definitions that were given to technology, and it's not just electronics, and uh, you're not going to find the word uh, iPhone in the Bible, although you will maybe have the concept of fruit and the apple, but you will not find the, the electronic stuff in the Bible. What does the Bible have to say about Technology. Do you see anything in there that that references the advancement of man?
2: I think to Elizabeth's point, um, yes, and I think you can start to see it even in the cultural mandate. And so I would say yes. You know, when you talk about it directly, like what does the Bible directly have to say about it? Um, you know, I my mind immediately jumps to a couple things and it seems to me what the bible says not that it's not that technology is neutral but i think that you can use technology to again to elizabeth's point fulfill the cultural mandate i think a lot about how the bible especially in the psalms will talk about how one day uh you know our weapons of war will be beaten into certain well cultivating instruments like to to write to plows for instance and things like this well those are all technologies and they're technologies aimed at creating human flourishing uh, and so the Bible does maybe indirectly in some ways um, absolutely talk about technology being used uh, for, human flourishing or to to the ends of the glory of god but it but again i think uh that that it might sound foreign to talk about it that way because we don't usually you don't read about like a plow or instruments right david point i also think about this like you know d- people in the psalms are playing lutes and they're banging cymbals and things like that those are all examples of technology as well being used to what glorify god and so yeah, but but we just don't typically think when we say the words technology, that's not what we're typically thinking of, right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it has a lot to say about it. It also, though, warns of dangers. I mean, I don't think it's the point. And so I want to be very clear. I don't think it's the point. But you can look at something like the Tower of Babel, even, and men sort of building something to their own ends for their own glory, uh, uh, trying to sort of, you know, build this tower into the heavens. Um, uh, and I think that might be a warning, you know. Um, I don't think it's a perfect analog, but I do I do think you could read that in there.
0: No, I think for sure that one. I want to talk about that more here in a second. But, Elizabeth, what comes to mind for you when you think about technology in the Bible, mentions of it or, or uses of it in the Bible?
1: Um, I think about, and really it's along the lines of seeking the flourishing of humanity like Adam was talking about. And so I think about Jeremiah 29. Before 11, our favorite verse. Um, okay. And so <laughs> which Jeremiah is telling them that they are in exile and they need to seek the welfare of the city because their welfare and the welfare of the city are interconnected. And so when I think about technology, I really think about the intelligence God has given us and the creativity God has given us and how are we stewarding those things. And so I would swing in there also Matthew 25 that talks about the talents. You've been nothing. And how are you stewarding it? And so when we think about things that are not mentioned explicitly, like iPhone or Android is not mentioned in scripture, how does it fit within the story of scripture and what God is doing to redeem humanity and build his kingdom on earth? And so it's how are we using what we've been given for the flourishing of humanity and that we're not um, stepping away from that and kind of just being isolationist. We're leaning into it, but in a way that lines up with who God calls us to be because I think the Lord is going to hold us accountable with how we use the intelligence he's given us. And a lot of that is through the things we create with technology.
0: I'm going to add one more, uh, although the ones that you mentioned are perfect. Both of you, there are ones that I thought of, but um, there's one other one in Jeremiah too, that I thought of Elizabeth. It's where, uh, God says, this is how you have sinned against me. You've rejected the fountain of living water in order to build your own cisterns that can't hold water. And it's this metaphor for like the, the Lord provided for you. There's a, There's a stream. You can get water there, but that didn't satisfy. You wanted to build your own version of storing it so that you could have it, you could keep it and you wouldn't have to depend on the Lord to keep supplying it to you. It's kind of reminiscent of the people of Israel needing manna every day. And them saying, well, if you try to store it, it's going to have worms in it. Like the Lord's teaching you dependence on Him and supply comes from Him. But we will always try to replace God with something that we can put our confidence in. And technology is a very easy thing for us to do that. Look at at what we've come up with. Look at what we've designed. Look at either the Tower of Babel, so if the Lord were to flood the earth again, we can just climb into our tower. Or we don't need to depend on God to get to heaven. We'll build a tower all the way to there, whatever their understanding of that might have been. But to build cisterns to say, I don't need to depend on the river because in the midst of a drought, I'm going to have my own place to keep it. And God describes them as cisterns that break and cannot hold water and that we, again, a Matthew verse uh, where our dependence is on the God, therefore we do not need to worry if we trust in God versus any version of technology, whether that's clothes, whether that's food supplies, we, we are able to say our trust is in the Lord. So it's it's oftentimes that technology gets blamed for sin when it's really that people use it and how they use it that is the problem rather than the technology itself. Where do you guys see that today? where technology gets blamed for really uh, the means that people use it for, rather than it's actually the device or the advancement itself. Where, Elizabeth, where do you see technology blamed for sin that's really in the heart of mankind?
1: I mean, I think um, one clear view is social media. And so I think I see it get blamed. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on on social media So we just don't do well in extremes. And so we'll move from one end of the pendulum to the other. And so it's like, oh, social media allows these things to happen. We just need to get rid of it or not engage it. And the reality is, and again, we'll talk about it, it's it's providing some community in some really beautiful ways. And I think it's our hearts are prone to idolatry. Our hearts are prone to comparison. Our hearts are prone to lust, like all these things. And so if you're looking for something, you're going to find it. Um, And so we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater because our sin causes us just to find new ways to use technology to sin.
0: That was an excellent example, Elizabeth. Social media, I didn't even think about that one. Adam, where do you see technology that's that's maybe amoral? You know, it's not its not evil, it's not great, but it can be used for either. Where does it get blamed for evil?
2: Yeah, it's hard because we, we do this with so many things. We do it with so many things. You know, immediately jumping to mind is— you know, blaming, uh, video games, you know what I mean? For violence or something like that. Now, I think there's something to be said there, but just when I think about technology itself, that was one that I thought of immediately is we, we always want to come outside the heart of man to find the issues. Right. And we, we all have that saying is the, the, uh, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Like that's a, that's a big saying we have sort of in our, uh, churches, uh, cultures. And, um, and so, to 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 look to technology and blame social media is a good one. I think sort of the video game thing is a really good one. Uh, not that there aren't very real
0: drawbacks there, um, but that was the one that immediately jumped out for me. Yeah, I think of uh, too the kind of nostalgic technology that we talked about a minute ago. I wonder if in generations past, there was kind of a, that kid's always in his house reading books. He needs to be out doing things the same way that maybe nowadays we talk about video games or Netflix or social media. You'd be like, man, you spend all day reading. You should be out plowing or should be out hanging with your friends. And kind of that, what's the new version of that for each generation? And I know we're always talking about, oh, now it's Generation Y and it was Generation X and it was Generation millennials. But you can read things from ancient Greek philosophers that sound like the same way we talk about teenagers today. And there's always this kind of case of whatever the the newest advancement is that we didn't grow up with, that we see young people involved in, that we kind of blame for, distracted them from what was pure good and right for us when we were a kid. And maybe that's not altogether wrong either. There's a lot of good stuff that technology can distract from or detract from. But it's oftentimes, too, that it can be a uh, an opportunity or an avenue or a vehicle for something really good. What are other ways that you've seen technology be a blessing in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic? Where have you seen it used to the benefit of the church and to God's people and to the society as a whole? Elizabeth, where are you seeing uh, if you're anything like me, you're seeing technology pervasively. You're seeing it used all the time. But I also know somebody. You're you're living on your own right now in the midst of this. Has technology, I assume, has been some form of a lifeline for you? How's that working personally? And then where do you see it blessing the church?
1: Um, some fun ways in which I see it working just personally is on Instagram. These Instagram concerts are giving me life. You know, there is um, D Nice. Is it on? He's a DJ, and he's been DJing these couch parties, they call it club quarantine. You have like (laughs) 20,000, 30,000 people showing up to these um, Instagram Lives. You had um, Babyface, who went to my high school. I just need to mention that. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Babyface and Teddy Riley did like this Instagram battle, just R&B artists, if you don't know who they are. And about half a million people were watching them play songs back and forth. It was just so nostalgic. Lots of really great music, but I've just seen people use Instagram in particular to um, just do live events, whether it's from their living room, having conversations with people, but lot, thousands of people connecting on a platform for something really positive and fun. Um, I think another thing I've seen is just businesses re, um, use their technology in a different way. So there was like a pizzeria, I think in Chicago, that is using their ovens to make face masks. Um, I've seen like Mary Kay, also whose plant is up the street from me. I don't know why I feel need to mention that, but um, they're using um, their technology to create hand sanitizer. And so you see um, companies saying, hey, we can use what we have to benefit humanity. And so that's been just really sweet to read some of those stories about people kind of being this communal identity that we're forming in America in a different way because of COVID-19 and people just using what they have to chip in. So. Those are some fun ones,
0: guys. That's great, Adam. How about you? Where are you seeing it blessing the the church corporately, people individually, or you, your family? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to
2: say really quickly because I thought it was interesting when you um, talked about uh, uh, the the sort of naysaying of the past of technologies uh, that it's been it's been with us for a long time. And I I found some examples that I thought were funny. So the same way we're warned about things like social media and other things today. Um, you have things like uh, when the printing press was invented, uh, right? You had people warning, oh, it goes back even further than that. Socrates famously warned against writing because it would create forgetfulness in learners' souls because they will not be using their memories. Uh, people warned when public school first started becoming a thing that, uh, that it would exhaust children's brains and nervous systems with complex studies and ruin their bodies by protracted imprisonment. And it just goes on and on. Like, you know, when stereos are, interviews, are introduced, people are talking about how it's going to ruin society because, you know, people's ears and, you know, it just on and on you can go. So every time there's some technological marvel, right, you have the, the warnings that come out and they sound it almost always sounds the same. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so I wanted to go back and at least find those funny examples. There are some personal ones, but the ones I've seen that have blessed people have been the ones that have focused on connectivity. Uh, I love the examples that um, that uh, Elizabeth was using. But some of the, I, I know it's silly, but like some of the challenges that are coming out that I'm seeing people do, you know? So there was one like a handstand challenge that people were invited to do where you like put a shirt on while you're doing a handstand and like celebrities got into it and stuff like that. And I think, you know, when, when I, when you see these kind of things, I think, um, what it does is it has a way of sort of lightening the mood a little bit, if that makes sense. You know, John Krasinski has done the, uh, good news thing or something. I don't know what it's called. I should obviously know better than that, but you know, uh, what a cool concept and he did it through technology and it's like shot in his home, obviously. Right. Like I think his daughter made like the background sign. It's sort of a fake news. He's doing like a, like a news broadcast, but he's only giving you all these like really positive stories and stuff.
0: And man, cool idea could have only come through technology, you know? So yeah, those are great examples. I want to give a short list here because I think there's been a lot of really, really great stuff. Uh, before I do, let me comment on what you said, though, Adam. Too, there has been some some downside stuff, and there's certainly some rejected stuff. Right now, one of the big uh, maybe conspiracy theory type things now is look what five G. Da- what is five G going to do, and how's it going to affect this, and is it affecting yeah. people and and uh, and data collection? That's the other like kind of hot button issue. They want to they want to know where you are at all time and track you with your yeah. phone and And whoever they are, I don't know who this they is, but they want to know everything about me. I'll tell them, honestly, hey, they, bring it on. I'm not hiding anything. You can tell right where I'm in my home, staying at home. (laughs) But yeah, there's data collection, 5G, the way that Wi-Fi affects our bodies or may or may not cause cancer. And some of these things may be legit. We may find these things out. But there's what Adam is saying is there's always this kind of like whatever the new thing is, this is the danger. This is what's bad. And uh, there are some downsides to what's going on. I had a a buddy who's a pastor at a local church who this weekend they were using Zoom that was broadcast live via Facebook Live and somebody hijacked it during their worship service to show the most debaucherous thing imaginable. I won't even tell you what it is. It was so awful and exposed their entire church to it. And now they're still like dealing with how do we help kids through the trauma of what they witnessed in watching our worship service this weekend. Mm. And it's horrendous. And so, uh, to our point earlier, you can take anything, even that I'm about to list that's good, and twist it for evil. So, don't hear this as like a carte blanche. Everything about this is awesome. But I'll tell you, I've seen a lot of the benefit of home groups meeting via Zoom and being technology to be able to have some form of connection and not always just for a Bible study and check in and for prayer. But we use Zoom breakout rooms to do different things. We use Zoom breakout rooms this week for prayer meeting, we use Zoom breakout rooms this week for a trivia night with my home group and it was a blast. It was so much fun. And it was honestly, it was easier to do trivia that way than it would have been if we were in the same room having breakout rooms and being able to post questions and us answer things together. It was a lot of fun. But similar to what Elizabeth said, I've seen some great musicians posting things live where you feel like you're entering into their living room with them because it's such an intimate environment. I saw uh, Johnny Swim this week was writing songs with strangers, just inviting them into an Instagram conversation where they wrote a song together. And they spent 12 hours on Instagram writing a song that then the next day is released on their website. And I went to a conference today that was online. I did not leave my house, just listened in to conference speakers. And for the most part, it was really uh, beneficial and convenient because I could still homeschool my kids, make them lunch, and I'm sitting in a conference. I have one ear in a conference like the whole day. The fact that we're able to keep doing this podcast, even though none of us leaves our home, is an incredible blessing. The fact that we are—and this is a big one—the fact that churches, at least churches with some means, which we come from churches that have this ability, we have websites set up, we have equipment to record, we are able to post on a regular basis worship and resources, and, and we are posting things that people can engage and learn from and what has been so beneficial in that that many people may not be thinking about is the ease with which someone who has never gone to church or who has not gone to church in a long time may now access the truth of the gospel without feeling like they have to uh, overcome also uh, what people are thinking about them or what people are looking at them. And what I have heard from so many people, just not just about Eastside, but the church that I'm a pastor of, but churches in general— that there are people that have not gone to church in a long time or have never gone to church that now are following Christ in the midst of this crisis because they have heard the gospel, because it's been preached to them online in a way that they could access, either because their friends invited them into it or it was posted online somewhere where they saw it, or maybe they met their neighbor out walking through the street and went, hey, where? what's going on? What's? What, hey, and let me give you a website. I'm going to text you a website and come join us for worship this weekend. And that blessing of the gospel going forward through that has been incredible. The Also, honestly, it's given us a little bit of a window into what some of our missionaries go through on a regular basis, which is where the only Christian connection they have is through technology. And so I felt like our missionaries are as much enmeshed with us right now as they have ever been because we're in the same boat they are saying, yeah, I, you know, I don't see any other Christian adults unless I see you on here on my computer screen. And so getting to talk with people that way has been awesome and connecting with people through that. But technology, I can I can tell you uh, whether it's uh, having my kids uh, watch the Bible like a Bible project video or pop on right now media, we did some superbook episodes today for some educational purposes. My kids are using uh, apps all day. They're on Zoom meetings with their teachers. Technology has helped my kids not get a grade behind during this because I know they're emailing me and and I am able to do that. Now again, that comes with privilege. I talked to somebody yesterday. Who said that the, the some of the public school kids in my neighborhood who don't have access to the internet were emailed instructions on how to pick up a hotspot so they would have uh, access to the internet? And I'm like, how, how could you? Uh, how are they supposed to get access to the email to get the instructions on how to get access to the internet if they have no internet access? And so there there has to be ways to do this. And th- the internet is not like a human right, but it, it surely is a beneficial aspect of what we're able to do as we're trying to navigate COVID nineteen. But let me ask you this question as we kind of get closer to the end here of the episode. What, What are ways that Christians can continue to leverage technology, maybe in a positive way, or maybe you guys are encouraging those you lead to use their technology in a positive way as we're going through what is a very difficult and separate season? So Adam, we'll start with you. But what are ways that maybe you guys at Citizens Church or you personally could now or have been? encouraging people to use technology in ways that bless them and bless uh, the, the community around them
2: yeah it's a good point you know and when you were talking earlier i think i maybe misunderstood the question a little bit because i was the the ways that this has benefited churches collect i mean the and schools and all these places where we can in some and again you're right it's absolutely a, a privileged position that's saying this but some of us are able to carry on, yes, in very different ways. But to carry on, right? We are actually able to do these shelter-in-place things because of what technology affords us the the opportunities to do. Um, how we're encouraging our people is absolutely join us on in the in, on our gatherings, join us in our prayer services. Um, you know, we we're we're like you, we're doing prayer services in the morning, um, for our people. And then we have a midweek, uh, prayer service as well at night, um, that I actually just came from not long ago. And so, uh, you know, we, we're trying to increase connectivity. I think it also comes with a warning. So I, the encouragement is sort of double-sided. I don't know the right way to put it, but the, in, in the one sense it's to say, maybe right now the limitations around technology are also really good to highlight, meaning try not to use it for distraction or try not to use it to catastrophize. In other words, the encouragement is towards connectivity and the encouragement is towards, I think to the things that Elizabeth was, was pointing to earlier, sort of the, the things that blow off steam to help lift spirits, those kind of things, staying informed and that kind of stuff, but not to sort of chase down the rabbit holes of despair and not to simply distract yourself, and and so I would say one one thing we have talked a lot about, which it, it's an uphill battle right now, but as much as possible to limit your screen time, um, especially at the bookends of your day. If you can, if you can start by having a moment that's screen free. So I don't want to use the word technology, but as, as technology free as possible in the morning. To remember that God made you as an embodied, incarnated, you know, being on this planet. You're not a virtual being. And if you can end your day the same way, I think it's a really, really helpful um, um, encouragement uh, to how to use technology responsibly. Um, because if you do those, if you start and end your day Technology free, and I'm doing air quotes around that, then it helps you to
0: steward your time during the day with that technology. So, yeah. That's excellent. Elizabeth, how about you? What are ways that you can encourage people to continue to use technology to their benefit during this typical time?
1: I mean, I think um, what is interesting during this time, um, I'm spending my time calling our members at our church. And yep. so it's interesting because we're not unique in that idea at the village, there's a lot of churches doing that. And just how many churches do we contact every member on a weekly, monthly basis, especially for our larger churches. And so I think just the simplicity of, because we feel the disconnection, we're leaning into more connection. And Mm -hmm. that we would keep that up. That whether it is a text message or it is a phone call or it is, hey, let's get on the Zoom call or let's have this Instagram live chat or whatever it is that we are intentional with talking to people and asking people how they're doing and just checking in on people. Um, Loneliness and isolation were something that were huge problems in our culture before corona showed up. Um, And that's present in our churches too. And so I think what's exciting is we yearn to be together so much. We're trying to find ways to use technology to do that and that we would continue to do that after the Lord lifts this quarantine season from our lives and it just simply call somebody text somebody i have a list of people um, on my trello board and as a name comes in my mind especially you know let me make sure i'm talking to somebody every day Um, and so i'm not existing alone and so if you have the ability to do that i would encourage people to do that and as people come to mind just keep a list and let it be an opportunity where we serve the interests of other people by just making sure people are okay and praying for them Um, And I think our church bodies will be stronger because of that.
0: There's a couple of things I want to mention to you. One, One thing I think we can be really appreciative for is that a lot of people in a lot of jobs that I know are able to work from home because of technology, that if it weren't for technology, they would have lost their jobs, even if it's a job that wouldn't normally work from home. That is a grace of God. A lot of people I know have direct deposit into their bank account for what their business pays them. They don't have to go to a bank to deposit. They don't have to go pick up a check. Uh, For me, too, that's something I appreciate. For our churches, I'm sure the three churches represented on this podcast survive off online giving during this. We're not uh, suffering because of the lack of passing the plate. We don't have to gather in order to fund the ministry that is going on. And that's great, not just because uh, personal benefit, because my salary comes from the church, but because it affords the church to be a place of generosity, even in the midst of difficulty for other people. When other people are losing their jobs, we are still able to pool our incomes through online giving to be able to say, how are we going to bless these uh, small businesses or these uh, small business owners or these uh, people in our church who have lost their jobs or who are sick? And we're able to pool our our incomes that way. And you brought up communication, Elizabeth, and it's so beautiful to be able to say today. Think about this. Today, I I was uh, Facebooking with one of my compassion kids who lives in peru he does not speak the same language as me but we're facebook friends i love this kid jose he doesn't speak english i don't speak spanish but he has some incredible translating technology that he puts things in and so we communicate all the time i was checking on him how is COVID affecting you there in peru how are you doing and i wouldn't be able to do that if it was only through even through compassion letters which is another form of technology which is great But instantly, we're talking about sharing languages translated through technology to be able to check on one another. And I didn't even mention some of my favorite inventions, the fact that my home has central air in the midst of what is about to be really, really hot, the fact that I have a refrigerator in my house that is able to store food for long periods of time in the midst of what could be a time where we cannot shop as often, or if I were to get sick, I couldn't shop at all. The fact that daily there are news broadcasts being broadcast into my home, I'm grateful to know what's going on in the world, because if I didn't, I'd be wondering, why is everybody outside? Why is everybody having a good time? I don't understand why we're not all going to work. The technology of vaccines, the fact that we can say that there are groups of people all over the world racing to find a way to keep this virus from being a perpetual blight on humanity, that is a grace of God that I hope I hope we continue to follow but the last thing I want to say is this, and this is kind of similar to what you guys warned about. I do not put my hope in any one of these blessings. My hope, I am delighted by central air, but my hope is not in central air. I'm delighted by the access the internet gives me to people and communication and community, but my hope is not in the internet. If the internet goes away tomorrow, my hope does not change as much as I might be inconvenienced in a way. My hope doesn't change. And to what Adam said earlier, which is so good, I don't want technology to be a form of escapism that lets me run from the things the Lord would have me dwell in or let me have uh, to deal with. And I don't escape and cope by using technology to get past these things, but rather maybe, maybe just for today we need to recognize that we, we can sit in what's going on instead of trying to already escape to when is it going to be normal again? When is it going to be better again? We can sit in the midst of what we need to lament over face See as difficult and trust the Lord through instead of trying to build some bigger, better technology to save us all. Recognize that that is something the Lord has already done. What he has given us in the sending of his son, Jesus Christ, is the salvation that we might look for an empty version of in technology. So when we go, how, who's going to feed the hungry and who's going to feed me? Or when we go, who's going to save me? Who's going to rescue me and redeem me? Who can wipe away every tear in this pandemic? The only answer is Jesus Christ. And everything else he gives us is a sweet gift. Every good, perfect, right gift is from above, is a ceaseless fountain of blessings to his people. But let us use technology and leverage it for the good of the church, whether it's like Elizabeth is talking about reaching out to each other blessing each other by checking on in on one another or the other things we've mentioned ad nauseum throughout this podcast there's so much good and so much to be grateful for when it comes to technology and so whether that's the book that you're reading tonight or the fact that you can download it to your kindle without going to the library or to the bookstore or whether that is uh, taking a pen to paper and writing somebody a letter and putting it in the mail tonight and knowing that there's a system in place to deliver that Or whether that's the doctors and the hospitals in your neighborhood, they're going to help you in the midst of what is a really difficult time, whether you have COVID or whether you're sick with something else, you need some elective surgery or some dental work. We can be grateful for those things, but that will never replace our God. And so uh, thank you again for listening in to this version of technology, the Culture Matters podcast, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. Today's episode was recorded and mixed by Chris Starrett and produced by David Rourke. If you like what you heard, please give us a great review wherever you listen to the podcast and follow us on Instagram. You can also support our patron page at patron.podbean.com slash culturematters. Thank you and God bless.